Paul's Citizenship In the prison at Philippi, when the magistrates sent to let them go, Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly and uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they seek to thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, let them come and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. Paul, in Acts 21, verse 39, at Jerusalem was beaten by a Jewish mob. They went about to kill him when the chief captain took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them, and when they saw the chief captain, they left off beating Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. Then the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. He said, Yea. And the chief captain said, With a great sum I obtained this freedom. And Paul said, I was freeborn. Then straightway they departed from him who had examined him, and the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. Acts 22, verse 24. After Paul had been taken in custody by the Roman officers and by them tried and no evil found in him, forty Jews bound themselves under a solemn oath to neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. To further this end, the high priest and the chief of the Jews requested Festus that he would send him bound to Jerusalem, laying wait in the way to kill him. Festus was disposed to grant the favor and said to Paul, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem, and there be judged of these before me? Then Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. I appeal unto Caesar. This claim of Paul to the privileges of Roman citizenship and the appeal to Caesar are regarded as authorizing Christians to engage in managing human government. We are all, by birth or adoption, subjects of the government under which we live, but that does not obligate us to actively participate in the affairs of government. Women, in one sense, are citizens, yet barred from active participation in the affairs of government. Paul claimed, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. Yet he was not a member or an active supporter of the sect of the Pharisees, but the Pharisees were being used to persecute him, chiefly for the faith he had in common with them, and he used the fact of his agreeing with them to avoid persecution by them. When the Jewish mob was persecuting Paul without using the Romish government to aid them, he did not claim the protection of that government, but when the Romish authorities were used to persecute him, he used the rights and immunities guaranteed to him as a Roman citizen by that law to protect himself against oppression through the law. 
This did not indicate that he sustained and upheld that law. During the existence of the rebel Confederate government, when a loyal man's liberty or property was endangered by the officers of the rebel government, he did not hesitate to avail himself of the guarantees and rights that the rebel government granted him to avoid harm to his person or property. He did not, in doing this, recognize himself as under obligation to support that government, nor was it a recognition of its right to exist. Paul used the privileges the law guaranteed him to protect himself against the oppression that law was used to inflict. When the pretense of a trial in Jerusalem was used as a means of delivering him to a Jewish mob, he took advantage of a privilege the law guaranteed him to appeal to Caesar and go to Rome instead of Jerusalem for a trial. A Christian on trial would be justified in using any privilege the law guaranteed him to avoid the oppression inflicted on him through the law. When subjected to the penalties, he is entitled to the immunities and privileges guaranteed by the law to avoid the inflictions and punishments of the law. The whole drift, teaching, and example of the Scripture, both of the Old and New Testaments, forbid the idea of the servants of God becoming participants in the governments that originated in the rebellion of man against his Maker, all of which Christ came to destroy and which must be destroyed, consumed, before Jesus Christ the Savior delivers the kingdom up to God the Father, that God may be all in all. Then neither Matthew, nor Paul, nor Cornelius, nor the jailer, nor Erastus held office after becoming Christians. They could not have retained office, because first the end of the church of Christ which they entered and the principles of the religion which they embraced forbade it. Second, the government in which they held office was seeking through persecution to exterminate the Christians and could not tolerate Christians as private citizens, much less could it honor them as its representatives and the executors of its laws. Third, they could not have held these offices because the special duties they would have been required to perform were utterly abhorrent to the Christian. They would have been called upon to persecute, imprison, beat, and even put to death men and women whose only crime was believing in Jesus as the Lord and Savior. No Christian could hold an office which imposed such duties. End of chapter 3